This is a QuackCast. It is the 187th QuackCast. It is brought to you by Pussware LLC. And you can find links to my growing multimedia empire over at edgydoc.com. This one is called Oregon Health and Science University Scam Day. I was looking over a recent class catalog from my alma mater, University of Oregon. I see the astronomy department is having a day devoted to astrology, inviting astrologers to talk about their profession. And the chemistry department? It's having alchemists give an overview of how to change base metals into gold. And to green our energy, the physics department, where I acquired my undergraduate degree, is having a symposium on perpetual motion machines. I am so proud. I kid. But not when it comes to scams, supplements, complementary, and alternative medicine. Medicine is strange in that it has no issues embracing pseudoscience. My medical school, OHSU, had an afternoon devoted to integrative medicine for the third-year medical students, with lectures from a chiropractor, a traditional Chinese pseudo-medicine practitioner, a naturopath, and an integrative medicine practitioner. They also had a small discussion of a case of irritable bowel, where one of the discussion leaders was a key gong master. Really? I would be so pissed if I was going $166,000 into medical school debt and I was being taught about the approach to anything by a key gong master. It was a day to ignore the whole science thing in the name of the school. I have no issue with medical schools teaching about scams. Scams should be taught as part of the medical school curriculum, but not proselytizing propaganda by proponents of pseudomedicine. Can I alliterate or what? Unfortunately, I was unable to attend the lectures, so I do not know what the spoken content of the lectures was, but I did receive from a former resident a copy of the slides used. The slides are interesting not only for what they say, but for what they do not say. Lies of omission, as it were. So, for the sake of OHSU students who might wander into this podcast, here is a deconstruction of the slides. I cannot cover all the nonsense on these slides, but these podcasts can fill the lack for those who want to explore the topics further. For those of you who are regular listeners, there's little new in what follows, so maybe you might want to go listen to the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe instead. First up, traditional Chinese pseudo-medicine. Their slide set had only five slides, which is four more than is really needed to cover the reality-based aspects of TCPM traditional Chinese pseudomedicine. Evidently, they covered Chinese acupuncture, conveniently ignoring all the other forms of acupuncture, especially the one true form, Tong Ren, where you hit a voodoo doll with a magnetic hammer on acupuncture points. The rest of the acupuncture world are posers compared to Tong Ren. And they have slides showing acupuncture, no gloves used, of course, That is why there are so many reports of infection from acupuncture and moxibustion. The two lecturers have a website for their practice, which contains all the usual nonsense about acupuncture, well covered in these podcasts and its science-based medicine, for you Oregon Health Sciences University students who have wandered into this podcast for the first time. I wonder why they mention that there is no key and no meridians wonder if the lecturers mentioned that acupuncture has never been found to be effective for any process in any high-quality study. It is nothing but theatrical placebo. 
but there are 2,208 references searching PubMed for acupuncture complications. Quite a price to pay for an intervention that does nothing. But at least, as noted on the cover letter with the slides, the students learned how to capture the key of a tree in the forest to cleanse the liver. And then there was chiropractic. Two chiropractors from the University of Western States, the local chiropractic trade school, gave this lecture. They start with the guiding principles of chiropractic. Quote, the body has the ability to heal itself through natural means. Balance is created by fostering structural integrity of the spine, allowing for continued movement and decreased stress on the nervous system, treating the cause of patients' symptoms. End of quote. The first always sounds appealing. It is the appeal to nature fallacy. Western states teaches the myth of the subluxation complex, and for chiropractors, this is the cause of almost all symptoms. When all you have is manipulation, everything is subluxation. I wonder if they mention that the fundamental precepts of chiropractic, that of subluxation, innate energy, and their interventions of spinal manipulation are completely based in fantasy. Eh, I doubt it. They mention it was founded by D.D. Palmer in 1895. Founded? You mean how he pulled it out of um, thin air after allegedly restoring hearing by adjusting the spine? You are a medical student. Is the eighth nerve anywhere near the spine? Does that make any sense to you? Does chiropractic? I thought not. They mention chiropractic education as having more hours than medical school. But really, if the hours of education are spent reinforcing the fundamental fiction of chiropractic subluxation and manipulation, are those quality education hours? No. And they mention no residency. Has there ever been an MD who is competent to take care of patients right out of medical school? Are you? No. Chiropractic education is qualitatively inferior to an MD, and their training after med school is minimal. This is not a good background for diagnosing and treating the ill. There is a slide for, quote, conditions we have strong evidence for treating with manipulation, acute and subacute and chronic low back pain, acute and subacute chronic neck pain, migraine and cervicogenic headaches, cervicogenic dizziness, extremity conditions, knee osteoarthritis, patellofemoral pain syndrome, and plantar fasciosis. The reference to support the treatment of the aforementioned diseases is by chiropractors for chiropractors. No bias there, and shows that only chronic low back pain is considered to have high quality evidence, which I would consider strong evidence. The rest are moderate quality evidence at best. And the actual abstract says, quote, Spinal manipulation slash mobilization is effective in adults for acute, subacute, and chronic low back pain migraine and cervicogenic headache, cervicogenic dizziness, manipulation mobilization is effective for several joint conditions and thoracic manipulation mobilization is effective for acute subacute neck pain. The evidence is inconclusive for cervical manipulation mobilization alone for neck pain of any duration and for manipulation mobilization of mid-back pain, sciatica, tension-type headache, temporal mandibular joint disorders, fibromyalgia, premenstrual syndrome, and pneumonia in older adults. Who looks at chiropractic for pneumonia in older adults? Ugh. Spinal manipulation is not effective for asthma or dysmenorrhea when compared to sham manipulation or for stage 1 hypertension when added to a hypertensive diet. 
A little, well, disingenuous, don't you think? And for low back pain, the independent Cochrane Review, who makes no money from spinal manipulation therapy, says, quote, Combined chiropractic interventions slightly improve pain and disability in the short term and pain in the median term for acute, subacute low back pain. However, there is currently no evidence that supports or refutes these interventions provide a clinically meaningful difference for pain or disability in people with low back pain when compared to other interventions. By that definition, then, Bud Light would be a strong beer. By the way, did they mention the risk of stroke? That is the trade-off for an intervention that likely has no clinically meaningful difference when compared to other interventions with less risk? Don't think so. Did they also mention that Oregon chiropractors oppose immunization? Maybe if chiropractors had spent more time on public health and less on the subluxation complex, they might have learned something useful for patient care. It was a nice piece of chiropractic propaganda, but I saw little that I would personally qualify as true. Naturopathy. The lecturer was from the National College of Naturopathic Medicine. The first slide mentions education. If you want to know the truth about naturopathy from a former naturopath, I strongly advise you go read the naturopathic diaries. They mention a four-year medical school. Did they mention that much of that is spent learning the pseudosciences of homeopathy, energy therapies, hydrotherapy, colonics, and more? Doubtful. Oddly, homeopathy, one of the main pseudosciences of naturopathy, is not even mentioned on the slides. And of course, time spent in edumacation and pseudoscience is not time spent in real medicine. They mention 1,200 clinical hours. That is 158-hour days, half a year. ND education is a fraction of what it takes to be a family practitioner. 5,000 hours for NDs versus 21,000 hours for family practitioners. And FPs are trained in reality-based medicine. Not to mention, some of those clinical hours do not actually involve having contact with a patient. They mentioned they are trained in primary care. Did they mention that Oregon naturopaths object to vaccination? That they do an inferior job of vaccinating patients who are then more likely to have vaccine-preventable diseases? Did they mention that naturopaths also do a poor job at cancer screening, according to the literature? None of which should come as a surprise if you understand their training and edumacation. Then they go through a series of slides discussing the naturopathic approach to patients, and the slides are remarkably vague. They mention none of the widespread pseudomedicines that are the bread and butter of naturopathy. I recommend Disingenuous, Deconstruction of a Naturopathic White Paper, one of my former podcasts, and others for the truth they do not want you to know about the reality of naturopathic practice. The devil is, as is always the case, in the details, and the details of ND practice should scare the hell out of any physician. And please, whole system approach. That is what we do, real doctors, based on years of education and training in reality-based medicine. Do not let the frauds of scam, whose whole systems are based in fantasy, have you believing otherwise. Naturopathy, chiropractic, and acupuncture are to real medicine what Guitar Hero is to Jimmy Page. They play at medicine, but the result of playing at medicine is dead people. As recently demonstrated in Canada, where Ezekiel Stephan, a 19-month-old boy 
whose naturopath treated meningitis with tincture of echinacea and who died. The first patient I took care of paid with their lives thanks to naturopathic care, taking alkaline therapy for their cancer and dying of progressive untreated malignancies. Don't think for a moment that a naturopath has even the vaguest sense of real disease and treatment. And then there was integrative medicine. What is integrative medicine? It, quote, combines treatments of conventional medicine, i.e. things that work, and complementary and alternative medicine, i.e. things that do not, for which there is some high-quality evidence of safety and effectiveness. And what are these CAMs that were suggested? Natural products, mind-body medicine, manipulative therapy, energy medicine like Reiki, Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, functional medicine, homeopathy, naturopathy, traditional healers, environmental medicine, group visits. This is a list of all the pseudo-medicines that do not work and cannot work if known reality is to be understood and only have toxicities and side effects. None of the above have high-quality evidence for effectiveness. Many, for example, homeopathy and Reiki, I know it's pronounced Reiki, but Reiki sounds so much better, are literally nothing. The basis of therapeutic touch was disproven by a sixth grader and published in JAMA. Chinese and Ayurvedic products may well have been made using Portland air and Flint water. They are so often filled with toxins and real toxins like lead and arsenic and mercury. So integrative medicine is taking rank pseudoscientific nonsense and combining it with real medicine. And you know what I say, when you integrate cow pie with apple pie, the cow pie is not made better, the apple pie is made worse. And then there is the usual mea culpa as to why these modalities cannot be or are not studied. Quote, the double-blind placebo-controlled trial is not ideal for studying interventions with individualized care, such as homeopathy and acupuncture. Quote, either homeopathy works or controlled trials don't, said Scotsman homeopath David Riley. The reason the double-blind placebo-controlled trial is not ideal is that homeopathy and acupuncture are cow pies. Quote, the healing interaction may be dismissed by many research as placebo effect, whereas we acknowledge this is often more important than any other treatments we apply. If you are relying on placebo, then you are relying on nothing, and it is considered unethical to give placebo deliberately outside of clinical trials, not that scam practitioners worry particularly about the ethics of their practice. Quote, Meta-analysis, often set as the gold standard, is problematic because it pools reasonable studies with poorly designed studies that may have used inferior botanical extract, used inadequate dosing, or had other serious methodological flaws, so that to be a truly effective intervention may be discounted based on the pooling of good and bad studies. Or maybe it is because the aforementioned modalities are based on nonsense and as such do not have efficacy? 50 years of research into scam, and they still can't find efficacy for any of the above interventions. Rather than admit they are not effective, they rationalize away their failure. It is why no scam has ever been abandoned or altered. Ever. Scam is immune to data. As best I can tell, there are no lectures from a reality science-based medicine perspective on scam. If that is the introduction to integrative medicine, the students at OHSU are in a world of hurt. If you have made it this far in the podcast, 
please send a link for this podcast to all your classmates at OHSU. In the real world, the scam curse is, quote, convincing the mark that he or she has valuables, including cash or cursed, and the con artist posing as a psychic or tarot card reader, gypsy or clairvoyant or the like, has the power to cleanse the person and her money and jewelry, thereby lifting the curse. Modern con artists sometimes claim the problem is negative energy rather than a curse, which might appear too old-fashioned a term for people hip to the new age. That particular scam is punished with jail in what is, in my opinion, as is the rest of this podcast, although opinion better supported by reality, the medical equivalent. Quote, substitute a cam for a curse. Quote, this cam involves convincing the patient that she has an imbalance or toxins and that the provider, posing as a real doctor or the like, has a power to cleanse the person of toxins or restore balance, thereby treating the illness. Modern providers sometimes claim the problem is found by identifying the real cause of disease and open integrative medicine clinics to appear modern for people hip to the new age. And rather than jail time, it is rewarded with tenure-track academic positions. If I were a medical student at OHSU, I would ask for a prorated tuition refund for the four-plus hours devoted to pseudoscientific propaganda. For any student at OHSU who would like free, yes, free, PDFs of the complete set of science-based medicine ebooks, including books on acupuncture, chiropractic, and naturopathy, send an email to administration at sfsbm.org, and I will send you a link. The final irony, and perhaps a source of true perpetual energy, is that at one time science-based medicine was important in U.S. medical schools, thanks to the Flexner Report. That is no longer the case. Now Flexner must be spinning in his grave at such a ferocious rate, if we could just wrap him in copper wire, we could generate enough electricity for the whole country. And that brings us to an end of the 187th Quackcast. Don't forget my growing multimedia empire at edgydoc.com. The references are available at Science Based Medicine, and of course the Society for Science-Based Medicine at sfsbm.org. Thanks for listening. Bye.